This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Anif Baharuddin and you're listening to Night School, the show that explores ideas and themes in the social sciences and the humanities. I'm joined by Simon Soon and we have a very special guest today. He's Abdino Bidar, a French philosopher and writer of many books, including Islam Without Submission. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, thank you. Thanks. Hi. Hi. Okay, so yeah. before we start, maybe you can just you know introduce yourself and let's let's just get to know you. Yes, uh, so I'm a French um, writer. I'm a French philosopher, quite known in France, quite well known in France because uh, there is a main importance of Islamic issues in the public debates mm-hmm. in, in France. So the French society needs to have uh, Muslim thinkers like <laughs> me to explain uh, mm. many things about Islam because mm. Islam is not the the original culture uh, right. in France. So there are many, many, many issues, uh, many worries also about mm. Islam. And uh, I'm here with uh, some others to ex- explain and to play, uh, I would say, the mediator between uh, Muslims and non-Muslims. Right. And it's very important. So I write about Islam. Uh, not only about uh, Islam as concerned by social and political issues in France, but Islam is also uh, Islam also as a, a religion. I mean, not only a philosophy, but a spirituality, a, mm-hmm. a spiritual path. So it's my uh, it's my job, and I'm also working for the Ministry of Education. Yeah, in can you tell us more about that? Actually, what what do you do specifically yes. for the ministry? Oh, specifically, um, I deal with uh, questions of uh, teaching the morals, mm-hmm. uh, because there is a great question in France about that. Uh, can we speak when we we talk about uh, morals? Can we speak about religion mm. and uh, different religious um, worldviews? Or uh, a, the question in France is to uh, know if uh, we can teach uh, the religious questions and issues and worldviews without influencing the pupils, mm-hmm. without doing proselytism, mm-hmm. but to transmit to them a culture, a general culture. Uh, so, right. and I this comes from a national culture that is that prides itself for having a separation between the church and the state. Is yes, that right? Yes. Yeah. And so, how do you sort of like go about inculcating, you know, knowledge rather than preaching? Yes, um, we are probably one of the most secular countries mm. in the world with a specificity, something special that is generally totally misunderstood abroad mm. <laughs> and that we call strange word laïcité. Uh, mm. It is the word, the French word for secularism, mm. but in a special way. Uh, as sec- uh, laïcité means that there is, as you said, uh, it, it is perfectly right, uh, the separation between the churches or the religions and uh, the state. And uh, one of my job uh, at the Ministry of Education, especially, and but uh, also uh, in public debates on radio and TV, is to explain to the French people the exact meaning of the laïcité. Mm. And uh, I often explain that. It means that um, the state has no religious power. Mm-hmm. And it is very important. The, the, the state is natural. He has no sp- uh, religious power, so he, he has not the right to force people to believe or to obey a religious rule. And uh, at the other side, the religions have no political power. 
Right. And both are important. And mm. it is the system of laicity. The state has no religious power and the religion has no political power. So it is a way to protect mm. the freedom of consciousness of the citizens. In France, they are believers or not believers from different uh, religions yeah. and they are all protected by this system. So what do you think of this observation made by some sociologists that some would consider the state is a form of civic religion? Uh, does it then, I don't know, add a different dimension to this separation between the church and the state, given that it does, even though it's not religious in nature, mm. it might take on religious sort of like dimension. Yes. When you use the word civic religion to describe, mm. you know, what the function of the state is. Yes. Uh, two things about that. Yeah. Uh, at first, uh, there is the historical question. Mm -hmm. So historically, the secularism in the West has tried to a certain point to replace uh, the religion by uh, secular values. Mm. Uh, the values of the reason, of the mm. science, of the progress, of the nation, mm. etc. But I don't think that uh, the state uh, should be a civil religion, mm -hmm. you know. Because if you say that uh, it is the case, uh, you introduce the idea and it is a damage the idea that the, there is a competition yeah. between the civil religion and the traditional religion, mm -hmm. uh, Christianism, Judaism, or of course Islam. And then, the, for example, the Muslims in France, when they, uh, they, uh, they, they, they uh, think that the state is uh, another religion, Mm. When the democracy is a new religion, they say, but, uh, oh, so I don't want to be a believer of this religion because mm. I, I have my own religion. So if they think that there is a competition or a concurrency between the two, it will be a problem of loyalty for them between right. their belonging to the Islam, for example, and the belonging to the uh, French society. Mm -hmm. So I repeat always that we French don't have to do with the uh, state a new religion and that the secularism of the state is not a religion but a condition mm -hmm. for different religion, different beliefs to live together in peace. Mm. Is that something that is difficult to uh, reconcile for, I think, the more quote-unquote religious people out there, people who live and breathe religion uh, culturally and also as a part of their identity? Yes, I think that is quite difficult uh, at first. But uh, it is also a thing I repeat uh, every time. It's not impossible. <laughs> mm. uh, you, uh, if you are a believer, Muslim or uh, whatever else, uh, you don't have to feel the secular state and the secular uh, society and the democracy as a threat. It is not a threat for your uh, own identity. It is possible to have a conciliation mm -hmm. uh, between these two parts of your identity because you are not only a believer, you are a citizen right. uh, with rights. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, uh, the state, the democratic state, gave you rights. And mm -hmm. don't forget that. Uh, at first, it, it doesn't uh, demand to you to abandon your religion right. and your uh, identity. But you're right. In France, the, uh, the society is so secular that often uh, the believers, not only from Islam, but Christian, uh, Christianism, Judaism, 
uh, feel as the state is a threat for their uh, religious identity. And it is a great challenge for the, fr uh, the French society mm. to continue to be gathered uh, around its uh, democratic and liberal values mm -hmm. because people would like perhaps to live in their own communities right. and have no sharing with the other communities because they don't believe that the, 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 the state can't respect enough their uh, religious mm. or communitarian identity. But um, presumably possessing these rights of citizenship also means that a profession of shared values, right? And I imagine that is the sort of like common baseline principle that you subscribe to that would allow for any form of inter-religious dialogue to happen. How do you sort of then go about, you know, actualizing this? Or through what means are you able to, you know, foster this sort of like conversation or make people, uh, or at least sort of like create a condition that is open yes. enough, open-minded enough yes. for people to share and talk? Yes. I often say that to live in, um, I don't know what it is about in Malaysia, mm -hmm. uh, that is a multiculturalist society. But I know very well. Is, is French not multicultural? I imagine. That yes, 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 a, yes. Yeah, in okay. France, it is the same. Uh, right. It's the same. We are a very multicultural uh, mm. society, and I often say that uh, living in a multicultural society is not only a sociological fact; mm -hmm. it is an ethical duty. It is an ethical duty. So, as for many other subjects, the key is education. Mm. The key is education, because when you're uh, born, you are not immediately tolerant, open-minded, respecting others, mm -hmm. uh, etc. It has to be learned, and it has to be learned as soon as possible. So at school, so one of my uh, mm. one of my jobs at the Ministry of Education is to say, uh, do we do enough in this way? Mm -hmm. Do we do enough to learn to live really? ethically in a multicultural society. Because in this multicultural society, to live together, it is not enough to live besides each other. Mm -hmm. And often we do that. In France, for example, there are communities and sometimes the people don't cross the boundaries yeah. of their communities. So they feel the impression that they live together, but in fact, daily, they stay into the limits of their community. Right. So it is, uh, it is a, a, a special dimension of our, our education to the new generation mm -hmm. because we will live more and more in multicultural societies. Mm -hmm. And it needs an effort. And I often say that it is an ethical effort and it is a spiritual effort. Mm. And as a Muslim thinker, Mm. I always insist on the fact that they are in Islamic values, traditional values, an invitation to be tolerant, to be open-minded, etc. Because Islam is not only a matter of rituals, it is also a matter of ethic. Mm. And uh, I often quote, for example, the, uh, the parole of the, the hadith of the Prophet uh, mm -hmm. Muhammad, who said that the best among us are who have good manners, Mm. or what we call in Arabic, makarimul akhlaq. So good character and real capacity, not only in the discourse, but in the acts, mm. because there is uh, often a gap between the discourse and the acts, but in the acts to be really tolerant and not try to dominate the others, not try to impose your religion or your belief, mm -hmm. and uh, not, a, of course, be violent against the others, in the name of your religion. Mm -hmm. And the problem often in our societies, I think, is that 
we uh, too often use the religion as a tool uh, or instrument of domination, mm -hmm. of imposing something by force. And for us in France, it is a real problem mm. uh, because uh, some would like to impose a religio their, their religious values and the other would like to impose their secular values right. uh, because the problem is at the both sides. Yeah, yeah. uh, so we have a great job to do. Uh, the French society is in a deep crisis, actually. Actually, around these questions. I mean, it wouldn't have been easy, compounded by the fact that when you do the actual work on the ground, what you're dealing with is also not one singular Muslim community, I imagine. There are different groups in, yes. uh, that you have to sort of like be in conversation with on top of, you know, the different sort of like yes. non-Muslim sort of like groups in France as well as the circular sort of like mm. segment of society. How yes. do you sort of like go about it? And each of them will bring in a very different kind of position. Mm. <laughs> so it's the I case imagine. because uh, at first uh, the Muslim community in France is massive. What's the percentage? Uh, percent, it is uh, almost 8%. 8% okay. of the total uh, population. So it is That's millions big, and yeah. millions of uh, Muslims, uh, between uh, between 6 and 8 millions of uh, Muslims wow. in France. So it's a lot. Where, where do they mostly uh, originate from? Or what is uh, their background? Yes, uh, from uh, very different countries, different eras. Uh, most traditionally from uh, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, but most also from Sub-Saharan Africa okay. and uh, also from Turkey ah. and uh, some also, but n n not uh, that much less numerous from Pakistan, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they, are dif they have different origins and it is not uh, only a question of difference from the origin, it is the, 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 the different ways of living Islam. Mm, mm, and it is the most important. Mm. It is the most important. Uh, one of my colleagues, a scholar in France, said uh, some year, years ago, Mr. Islam doesn't exist. It means there is not a type, uh, a unique yeah. type of uh, Muslim. And uh, because many Muslims are very observant, very leg legalistic, mm -hmm. and other Muslims uh, believe but don't practice a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are different trends. Uh, they are conservative. They are progressist. And uh, it is very difficult to uh, address to the Muslims as a whole because their sensitivities are very different. Mm -hmm. uh, for, and what is, the, what is the main problem? The main problem is that some Muslims consider that as they don't live in the Dar al-Islam, they live outside of the Muslim world, oh, they have to adapt their uh, right. behaviors to the context, uh, not to provoke uh, miscomprehension and fears about mm -hmm. Islam's, Islam. But others that, that are more conservative consider that they must keep the same behavior as they had or their the ancestors have had in the origin country. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is a great debate in France. How can we adapt or adjust our behaviors mm. without losing our identity? Mm. And with keeping, so we, at uh, the contrary, keeping, uh, succeed in keeping our fidelity mm -hmm. to our faith, to our culture, to our spiritual uh, rituals and uh, beliefs. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Uh, as a philosopher, I have a special function. I'm not the only one, of course, but to help people to ask themselves these kind of questions. Right. Uh, one of my colleagues, uh, he was the, one of my thesis director, is now working at uh, Columbia University at uh, New York, mm -hmm. always says that the Muslims have to fear the balance, especially in the uh, Western countries, mm -hmm. between the fidelity and the movement. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's a very, very uh, spiritual and uh, right image. I think increasingly, even in places like Indonesia, especially with uh, in the past where they have such a strong Javanese sort of like syncretic form of Islam and a, a new Dakwa movement have obviously felt that that wasn't pure enough, right? And so now there's this huge sort of like conversation going on. I wonder if you have been learning anything being here in uh, Southeast Asia. Is this your first time here? In uh, yes, in Malaysia is my, right. my first time, but you know, uh, I don't know so the context of right. Malaysia, uh, but a part of the problems are global. Right, yeah. And especially yeah. this question you raise, mm. uh, you, um, the question of purity, mm. what is pure? What, uh, can we imagine that something is pure Islam? In fact, in uh, his long history and vast and wide world, Islam has encountered so many cultures, so many societies, mm. that it became indefinitely diverse, yeah. in, in fact. And um, some people say, for example, uh, with the influence of the Western world, some people say, oh, the Western world is a materialistic, nihilistic a relativist world yeah. uh, where nobody respects the, uh, the old beliefs. And uh, if Islam goes there, he will be contaminated yeah. as if the uh, Western influence would be a kind of disease, right, right, <laughs> you know? Right, okay. But it's not my opinion. Yeah, yeah. My opinion is to consider, but it is a challenge, it's not easy, but we, I think we can uh, succeed in doing it, mm -hmm. is to consider the influence of the alterity mm -hmm. of the others as an enrichment, not as a threat. All right, uh, so we have to take a break first. Um, you're listening to Night School <laughs> with me, Hanif Baharudin and Simon Sweet. And this week we're joined by a very special guest, French philosopher uh, on religion and Islam, specifically Abdin Orbidar. Uh, stay tuned, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're tuned in to Night School with me, Hanif Baharuddin. I'm joined by Simon Soon and our guest for the week, French philosopher Abdenor Bidar, and we're discussing the position of Islam, especially in the modern world, right? Yeah, so can you sort of like tell us uh, in your time here in Malaysia, what have you been sort of like doing and what have you learned by being here on oh, the ground? And I didn't have uh, much time to learn really something about Malaysia. I have spoken with many uh, people. Uh, many scholars and uh, many uh, organizations, mm -hmm. and I have ha I have gi given uh, two lectures. Mm -hmm. One at the ISTAC, uh, it is an the Islamic uh, mm -hmm. uh, Institute, and in also at the University of Mal Malaya. Okay. Uh, yesterday, and always on my subjects okay. uh, that are both uh, spiritual and politic. Mm, I hope that you have, through your sort of interactions, at least gained some understanding on mm. perhaps the delicacy in which Islam is being discussed here in relation to the state, right? Mm. Uh, some would contend that we are an Islamic country. Others claim that we are founded on principles that are much more mm. circular. 
given that you come from a very circular sort of like context that clearly divides the church and the state, uh, well, oh, how, tried, how, how do you sort of like bridge this conversation? Has there yes. been any interesting conversation on this ground? Yes, I have had a conversation uh, about this point with uh, Professor Mohamed Azam. Mm-hmm. I think he's quite known here in Malaysia mm-hmm. and he, he writes uh, articles in the New Strait Times. And I have read his uh, articles, especially on this question, is uh, Malaysia an Islamic state in the usual meaning of Mm -hmm. uh, Islamic state or is it a secular state? Uh, So uh, I didn't uh, exactly understood uh, what is the answer, what is the right answer, but I I have... Well, probably because of an English tradition, right, where you have the Church of England being sort of like Mm. installed as the main sort of like church. It was trying to follow that model. But in trying to follow that model, I think what happens is that it causes a lot of ambivalences. Yes, uh, uh, ambivalences. So uh, I have, uh, for example, yesterday, uh, the uh, Professor Hazam asked me about uh, if I have understood the purpose of the government to apply the what we call in Islam the maqasid al-sharia, uh, for example. So I have understood that there are two interpretations. For uh, some of people in Malaysia, it is a good thing mm-hmm. uh, because maqasid, of, uh, maqasid al-sharia are a series of principles, mm-hmm. five principles, uh, that concern uh, at wide what we can call the common interest or the general interest. But at the opposite, for other people, it would bring the risk to provoke domination mm. of uh, religious principle and Muslim principles on the life of all Mal- Malaysian, okay. so the Chinese, the Indian, mm. the Malay, and uh, I have understood that there is a, 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 a great discussion about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know enough the context to have my to have my, still my personal uh, uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that even when in the um, in a political constitution we use some religious concept, mm-hmm. uh, we must be very careful. Mm-hmm. We must be very careful that there is not, uh, in fact, this kind of risk that some people feel exclude mm-hmm. and be exclude because they don't belong to the religion that uh, rules the, the laws of the government. Mm. So, I mean, I guess on, on this note, then maybe the value of interreligious dialogue is in actually the ability of this activity to maybe translate some of these maybe what would we, we would consider religious terms into a much more sort of like commonly used sort of like discourse, right? So I imagine that rather than talk of it solely as sharia, would it be more beneficial to talk of whether the system of justice that sharia offers actually yes. is more fair yes. uh, than, mm. uh, can, can potentially be more fair. So, yes. so for, it, it, I mean, is, that, mm. is this being sort of like discussed at all? I mean, is it discussed on that level? Or um, in, in France, uh, or is that not uh, useful? it is not the case and I regret it because uh, for me, the, the, the great meaning of your question <laughs> is that uh, how can we build justice in a multicultural society? I think that one good way, uh-huh. perhaps not the best way, but according to me, it's a very good way, 
we should encounter each other around the table. Mm. Yeah. All of us. Uh, Who you, sits on the table? For, uh, around the table, they are all the great thinkers mm -hmm. or great conscience, uh, consciousness from all the cultures and from all the religions and from all the ethnical groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, the question will be, so we want the best justice. That is the justice which gives each of us exactly what he deserves. Mm. It is the Aristotelian <laughs> definition mm. of justice. And this justice would uh, allow us to avoid that they are an increasing of inequalities. Mm. It, it, this kind of justice would be able to uh, resolve the problem of first injustice, inequalities, and intolerance mm. in the second point. So, according to me, the subject of the discussion should be what can you put on the table from your culture that can contribute or help us to build this kind of justice. Mm. So I don't think that we have to build our justice without the help of our spiritual inheritance. Mm -hmm. But for me, the danger is only if one of these inheritances dominates the others. Right. But I think that in every multicultural society of the world, we have now to build the justice differently. For example, mm. in France, where is our justice, our system of justice from? It is from the, the history of the French culture, of the history of the Western world, especially the, the inheritance of the Enlightenment, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But today, for example, there are many, many Muslims in France. Mm. What can be the contribution of the Islamic wisdom mm. to what we call in French liberty, equality, fraternity, right. or brotherhood? Because there is also in Islam a, a sense, a deep sense of liberty, equality, and right. fraternity. And I think that uh, it, it, it is now the time uh, to elaborate uh, our conceptions of, of justice together. Mm. There is a, a French very famous philosopher who is dead now, because all the great philosophers are dead. Whose name was, I don't know if he's known here, perhaps not. His name is Paul Ricoeur. Okay, yeah. Paul yeah. Ricoeur. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so for us, it was a, a main reference. Mm -hmm. And Paul Ricoeur said exactly what I have just said. He speaks us uh, about the duty of our multiculturalism, multiculturalism society. And uh, he says that what we consider as universal values mm. are only, uh, it is a philosophical concept, incoative values. Mm. It means that we have values who just start to be universal. Right. And to make them really universal, we have to check that they are very universal by the discussion between all the representative people of all cultures. Right. You know, the thing is, with uh, in a multicultural society, not all identities are organized along religious lines, right? I imagine... For example, the Chinese would be a very cultural, communal sort of like identity, whereas Islam, you can say, is broadly religious. And I imagine there are other sort of like communities that would be organized, maybe like the queer community would be organized along sexuality. 
uh, how do you then, uh, do you imagine everyone sort of like sitting in the same table and in each sort of like constituent part, will women be an important sort of like stakeholder in the conversation? How representative must it be before it gets too big that uh, it basically it's, it will become a state where it just reflects a society mm. and, uh, and the tables, therefore, mm. society <laughs> and not representative oh, of it? Uh, they are subjects who are important for everyone. Yeah. Uh, for example, the, the main subject you have to talk about, the subject of the woman, mm. the place of the woman yeah. in the society. So most and most women in our society have graduated. And more, even. And they have made many studies, sometimes more studies than, than the men. And uh, they don't necessarily want to stay at home and to keep only to keep children. So there is a great question for all of us on this topic of the the rights of the women rights. Mm -hmm. So it is very very important, and we feel that we can we can stay at our conservative way of thinking about about that. Mm. It is the first point. The other point is for me very important also. Uh, in France, I see it. It is the relationship between the community and the individual, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the secular model of uh, uh, society is very individualist. Mm. And often, uh, often I try to explain, uh, especially with the uh, Chinese example, that uh, we have to learn from societies who has uh, kept a deep sense of the relationship and the responsibility of the individual towards its community. Okay. Uh, so for me, there are two extreme uh, risks. The first risk is to have an individualist society mm. that has completely, that the stru- in which the structures, the, the collective structures are uh, completely uh, burst out. Yeah, uh, exploded, yeah, yeah, right. completely exploded. And mm-hmm. it is the risk for our individualist societies uh, in the West. But the, uh, the opposite, there is another risk, another extreme risk, not to let the individual express their singularity mm-hmm. uh, because of the group, uh, because of the collective who would be too harsh or too... Uh, uh, wants you, you to you conform. To, yet right. yet uh, the, a group in which everyone tries only to be conformed to the general rule, general norm, mm. general behavior, etc. So I think that we have to find the balance between the two. Mm. And in France, it is a, it is a, a, a great problem. Right. Because we all want, all over the world, uh, uh, today, what does an, an individual an individual wants? He wants... At first, his freedom mm-hmm. express his singularity. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that it is uh, we can legitimate completely this wish. Right. But uh, be careful. We also need each other. Yeah. We are interactive people. Right. It is in our nature. Right. Alone, I can do everything. Yeah. I can reach even my humanity if I am alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, my humanity is the result of the interaction, of the quality of the interaction mm-hmm. uh, with the others. So I think that the, the main challenge for the Western societies, I don't know in the Malaysia, but mm-hmm. in the Western societies, is that uh, our uh, societies are, as a sociologist said, de-societies. <laughs> These societies, societies okay. completely exploded right. in individual atoms, uh-huh. <laughs> right. and nothing uh, managed and succeeded in gathering us. 
Okay. Yeah. And the question of the Muslims, for example, is only an example of this explosion, right. you know? Mm. The explosion in uh, atoms that are individual atoms or communitarian atoms. Mm. Mm. Is modernity a part of the problem for that, you think? Because um, I think if we were to use Malaysia as an example, we, I think we are progressively moving towards becoming a bit more individualistic as a society. And because we used to be a bit more communal, I think, right? I mm. think because traditionally, I think the communities in Malaysia are mm. by virtue communal. But I guess mm. as we progress further, I think the smaller parts of society, uh, the individuals in the society have begun to embrace individuality. So, mm. so is modernity maybe the problem here? Modernity is a very wide concept. Mm. But one of the challenges for this modernity mm. is this one. Because a part of modernity is, um, I would say, largely uh, liberal thinking. And uh, li be liberal uh, in uh, culture, in economics, uh, etc. Mm. And uh, in the liberal system, uh, the principle is that everyone does what he wants to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> liberty of enterprise, mm -hmm. uh, liberty of uh, circulation, mm. Traveling, uh, living there or there, etc. Liberty about opinions, convictions, mm. uh, in the on the political plan, the spiritual plan, uh, etc. So uh, the challenge for the modernity is to assume his wish of freedom and uh, individual and liberal, but to be conscient of the risks. Mm. And the risk for me is the, the explosion we, are, mm. we were talking uh, about uh, before. And uh, so, as a philosopher, I always say that liberty is responsibility. Right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I really It is like quite simple. Point. It is quite yeah. simple. I, I am responsible uh, for the others. Mm -hmm. and I'm not responsible only for my life, uh, just wanting to be uh, the most rich I can be. But we are living in a modernity where there is most and most a general competition between the individuals. Mm -hmm. So the ideal is always to sort of like make informed sort of choices. And I imagine this responsibility is also allowing for not just a devolution towards individualism at its mm -hmm. most extreme, but the ability of the individual to start building their own communities, new communities. Yes. Is that not happening? I mean, you see different kinds of subcultures growing out of, like, in the modern sort of, like, period. Uh, you see people expressing themselves and choosing, making the decision to sort of, like, form their uh, own sort of, like, um, so alliances yes. or, or community rather mm -hmm. than rely on communities that they've inherited from the past. Yes. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'm an old man <laughs> compared to you. You're, you're so young. No, I'm not so, so old, but I see a difference between uh, my generation and your generations. Yeah. Uh, we were, uh, I would say, happy, selfish people. <laughs> our generation. I'm our generation. No, your generation. No, my okay. generation. We were happy, selfish people. So oh. we were 
uh, our goal was hedonist. Ah. Uh, we wanted to enjoy our individuality. And yeah, people all in the, the past used to have so much more fun. I think we're yes. too serious. <laughs> and uh, and uh, enjoy uh, the all opportunities given by the modern world, the modern society, the technologies, etc. And what I observe in your generation is that it is a contrast, a more contrast between who continue to have only individual goals as selfish people, but most of you, uh, of people of your generation are interested in create new links, mm. uh, new links in two ways, especially. I have written about, 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 that, about oh, wow. that. The title of the book was in French, Les Tisserands. The oh, weavers, okay. the weavers, and uh, it is from my observations of what grows up in our societies, especially in your generations, the wish to create new links in third directions, links with the others, uh -huh. with uh, uh, solidarian economy, for example. The link with the nature, it mm. is the ecological perspective. Right. That's right. It is the a try to, to yeah. recreate the link uh, with the nature. Right. So link with the nature, link with the others, and also a more, I would say, spiritual uh, aspiration mm -hmm. uh, or inspiration. It is a link with ourselves. Mm. Uh, the link of ourselves, because, for example, I observe young people, they start their, uh, they start their professional life, and if they feel that what they do in their job doesn't correspond to their inner, uh, if they are not in uh, en accord, they don't agree with yeah, themselves. Right. Uh, there is no relationship between what they do and what they are. They live. Mm, that's true. You don't stick Our out generation, for... we would not mind <laughs> that. We accept. We accept to be dissociated between the inner and the, uh, the, the outside. Ah. But in your generation, if it doesn't correspond to uh, your values, your ideals, etc., and your self-quest, I would say, they live. So I have written this book because I think that it grows up. Uh, the, the, the search for a, a more inspiring link between uh, myself, uh, inside myself, with myself, with the others, and with, with, with the nature. So do you think that explains why like hippies in the end end up in financial banking? <laughs> Uh, people who choose the, 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 the a lot of hippies in the end, like in by the eighties, they sort of cast off their hippie mantle, and then went into venture capitalism or financial banking. Yes, uh, uh, I'm just. I mean, it's a joke. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, but it, it's not yeah. only a joke because <laughs> I think that the reason of what we are speaking, you are you are talking about uh, about the hippies, the the counterculture, the yeah. counterculture of the sixties and the seventies is uh, one of the first uh, moments where the modernity starts to show its limits. Mm. So this movement was from the reflection that in our modern societies, we have many uh, materialistic and also political satisfactions, rights, mm. etc. But there is a lack of... Uh, for our soul, mm. <laughs> and we want to keep our soul. Right, right. But the force of the liberal modernity mm -hmm. has been to um, to crush these aspirations to live uh, with our soul. Right, right. So it was a failure for this generation. Mm. So they returned back to the financial, uh, etc. Yeah. But I think that again, again now, 
uh, your generation yeah. uh, try to express themselves. And I hope that they, they will succeed and I hope that they will not be uh, failed as the precedent. Mm. Mm. Okay. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, so we have to wrap okay. things up very soon. Um, before we let you go, um, Abdenor, uh, any last thoughts on our conversation mm. today? Uh, yes, I would like to ask, ask you a question. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, what you, what's your feeling about what I said about the new generations? Because uh, it is an external... Uh, 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 view you are young people and what are the main wishes of the people of your generation well I I, I look younger than I <laughs> actually am <laughs> but you are more and more young <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I mean I'm I guess I'm very fascinated by the whole planetary kind of like consciousness that yes. is that that is almost cultivated at such a young age yeah that you can have that awareness and that awareness can grow and it can infect and it, 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 it's, it can translate into a kind of responsibility that can be quite militant. Uh, you think that after the student movement in 69 was crushed, that this kind of spirit or energy will never be reignited. But clearly we've been proven wrong. Mm. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on the show thank with you. us. Thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah that was uh, Abdelnour Bidar, a French philosopher on religion and author of many books, including Islam Without Submission. He's joined by Simon Soon, of course, and we've been talking about the relationship between religion and modernity, among other things as well. Uh, share your thoughts with us by tweeting us at BFM Radio, or you can send us an email to nightschool at bfm.my. You can also follow us on Facebook, look for BFM Night School there. Don't forget to also download the BFM app, which you can get on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Thanks once again, Abdenor, Abidar and Simon Soon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you've been listening to Night School on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.